بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله I hope uh, you can watch me and hear me and if I receive the confirmation inshallah we can start As you know, we have finished Munajatul Muhibbin and now we are going to start the Munajat which is named Munajatul Mutawassaleen. This is the whispered prayer of those who do Tawassul those who appeal, those who ask for mediation, those who bring something or someone as wasila, as a means to draw God's attention to themselves. So this is the tense of these whispered prayers. Let us start it. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Ilahi, laysa li wasilatun ilayka illa awaqifu ra'fatik. Oh, my Lord, my God, I have no means no mediation with you but your own love your own tenderness it is the tender acts of your clemency that is my means when you go to a generous person to ask for help what have you got to make sure that he's going to help you can you offer some money you don't have money if you had money you didn't know go to that person have you got some gift Maybe even you don't have any gift. You are empty-handed. So what is that reason that makes you hopeful that if you go to that generous person, he would help you, he would not disappoint you? Isn't it his own generosity, his own love, his own tenderness, which is making you hopeful that he's going to give you something so we don't have any vasila of our own 
even our wasila is from Allah himself first of all our main wasila is Allah's mercy Allah's tenderness Allah's love and then what Allah has provided us with through his love like for example having the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and having Ahlul Bayt so we start by saying Ilahi laysali wasilatun ilayk illa awatifu rafatik my God I have no means no mediation with you but the tender acts of your clemency walali dhari'atun ilayk in Arabic dhari'a with ayn because we have dhari'a with hamza and we have dhari'a with ayn dhari'a with hamza means excuse but dhari'a with ayn like what we have here means instrument means alat wasila so here we say nor any instrument any means to come to you but the gentle favors of your mercy so it is your mercy that helps me to come to you and secondly and the intercession of your prophet the prophet of mercy who has provided us with this prophet of mercy Allah himself it is Allah who says وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ He has chosen a merciful person and has given him the mission of delivering the message of Rahmah to all mankind. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ all mankind and all the rational beings are to benefit from this message of Rahmah so this is a second source for our hope the second wasila that we have Shafa'a is a Quranic idea it comes from the root Shafa when two things come together when two things are connected this is Shafa like we have Washafa'i Walwatr the Two raka prayer that you say 
in your salat layl at the end is called shafa and after that there is one rak'ah which is watr shafi'a the one who intercedes is a person or something that is with you doesn't separate you it comes with you to help you it comes with you to negotiate on your behalf like the Quran Quran is a great Shafi'a according to hadith from the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Quran is Shafi'un Mushaffa'a Quran is the thing that can do Shafa'a for you and the Shafa'a of Quran is accepted if Quran does Shafa'a for someone Allah is not going to reject Allah is not going to ignore Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is another Shafi'a those who have faith but they have some shortcomings they have some problems sometimes maybe they have made some mistake or committed some sins but they have Iman and they die with Iman they can benefit from Shafa'a if the problem is not too critical. Ahlul Bayt salam do Shafa'ah. Of course, they don't do Shafa'ah for everyone. Even they don't do Shafa'ah for every Mu'min. It must be something manageable. For example, we know that Imam Sadiq salam before his demise, asked all members of his family to come together and told them whoever underestimates his prayer whoever doesn't pay due attention to his prayer would not receive our shafa so there are conditions but in general there is such a possibility of shafar and it's very well established idea in the quran and in hadith in the first volume of al-mizan has a very detailed discussion about shafar very beautiful discussion about Shafa'a. He explains the meaning of Shafa'a. He classifies different sets of verses of the Quran about Shafa'a. How does Shafa'a work? Who are the people who can receive Shafa'a? Who are the people who can do Shafa'a? These are all discussed by him. Just I mentioned one of the points that Allah says and that is about the Quranic verses about Shafa'a. We have three groups of verses in the Quran about Shafa'a. 
some verses of the Quran seem to deny Shafa. For example, there are verses of the Quran which says that on the day of judgment there would be no friendship, no purchase, and no intercession. So you cannot hope that your problems which are created by lack of Iman or lack of practice would be solved by asking a friend to help or paying something or buying something. If we were just left with these verses then you may come to this conclusion that there is no Shafa'ah. But all verses of the Quran have to be taken into account. As we know, Al-Quran yufassiru ba'duhu ba'dha. Al-Quran yashhadu ba'duhu ala ba'dha. Part of Quran interprets another part of the Quran. Some verses of the Quran bear witness about other verses of the Quran and vice versa. So you have to consider the entire Quran together. So let us see what are the other verses of the Quran about Shafa'ah. In some other verses of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduces himself as the one who can do Shafa'ah. It says that Shafa'ah belongs to Allah. Lillah. It is Allah who has the ability of doing Shafa'ah. So we realize that Allah is himself Shafi'ah. And finally, we have another set of verses in which it says, No one can do Shafa'ah except with the permission of Allah, with the blessing of Allah, with the izn of Allah. For no one can do Shafa'ah except for someone with whom Allah is pleased. So putting these three verses, the three sets of verses together, we come to this clear conclusion. That no one can do Shafa'ah except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who have permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you think you can bypass Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's lordship and solve your problems by having a powerful, for example, friend, that's not possible. Because even your Shafi must be appointed by God. It is Allah who has the right to do Shafa'ah. He's the only one who is independent in his Shafa'ah. And then there are people who can do Shafa'ah, or there are things can, which can do Shafa'ah, who have been permitted to do Shafa'ah by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one independent from Allah can do Shafa'ah. This is the conclusion of these three verses of the Quran. Allah says this is similar to the verses about knowing ghayb, knowing the hidden. Knowing hidden is not possible for us. It's only Allah who knows the hidden 
and those who have permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we can say no one knows ghayb, which means no one knows ghayb independently. But Allah knows, and Allah himself lets some people to have this knowledge of ghayb, as we understand from some verses of the Quran. Okay, our discussion right now is not about shafa'ah, otherwise we could have gone into details. Just I wanted to tell you that the Quran is very clear about shafa'ah. So, we have one wasila, which is Allah's tender and love, and the second is Allah's messenger, who is the messenger of rahmah, mercy. And another quality of this messenger, or another task of this messenger, is He is the savior of this nation. From what? From ummah. In this slide, it is translated as confusion. But normally, ghumma is from gham, which means grief, sadness. Perhaps it also means uh, confusion, but uh, it is from another root. And from the same root comes ghaman, which means cloud. Perhaps the reason is that when something is clouded, then it becomes unclear, then there is a chance for being confused. But some commentators have translated this from Ram, which is grief. So the Prophet is the one who saves us, who saves Muslim nation, Muslim community, who saves Everyone who appreciates his job as prophet from grief, from pain, from sadness, from miserable life. فَجَعَلْهُمَا سَبَبًا إِلَى نَيْلِ غُفْرَانِكَ So now that I have these two wasila, please make them, make these two my connection, my link, my tie to attaining your forgiveness. فَجَعَلْهُمَا لِي سَبَبًا إِلَى نَيْلِ Allah's mercy is something that we very much can count on when we ask for forgiveness. Also, if Rasulullah comes and helps us in this process, it would be very helpful if Rasulullah asks God to forgive us. This is very helpful, as the Quran itself says. If when they do injustice to themselves when they commit sins 
which is doing zulm to themselves come to you jauk and then astaghfirullah they ask forgiveness from god wastaghfara lahumur rasul and the messenger also asked God to forgive them. They would find that Allah is most repenting or returning, which means accepting their tawbah, their repentance, and merciful. In Islam, the only one who can forgive the sins is Allah. Even Rasulullah cannot forgive the sins. But Rasulullah can ask God, can pray to God to forgive us. Istaqfara lahumur Rasul. Rasulullah can ask God to forgive us. He can do istaqfar on our behalf. Like Prophet Ya'qub alayhi salam when his sons told him ya abat istaghfir lana our father please ask god to forgive us istaghfir means to ask for forgiveness so we have these two mercy of god and the messenger of rahmah to help us to assist us in our istighfar wasayyirhuma li wuslatan ila al-fawzi biridwanik oh allah please make these two wuslatan a means to connect to your pleasure Wusla comes from Wusul. Wusul means to reach. So something that helps you to reach is Wusla. So we ask Allah to make these two Wasila that I have a means for reaching and achieving His pleasure. If He is pleased with us, then it means that He has forgiven us وَقَدْ حَلَّ رَجَائِي بِحَرَمِ It's very beautiful Haram means sanctuary Imagine Allah's karam Allah's generosity as a place as a sanctuary as a kind of shrine for example as a holy land as a holy place and imagine that you have entered that sanctuary for example Allah says about Mecca that he has made that land a holy land it's a sanctuary call it haram you know that there are uh, certain rulings about that land you cannot for example hunt animals in that 
وَمَنْ دَخَلَهُ كَانَ آمِنَ Whoever enters that sanctuary would be safe. So now my hope has entered that sanctuary of Allah's generosity, Allah's love. So it would remain safe. So I would not be disappointed. If you really have this hope in Allah's forgiveness, then inshallah you will not be disappointed. وَقَدْ My hope has dismounted in the sacred precinct of your generosity, in the sanctuary of your generosity. Fena is different from Fana. We have this about Imam Hussein when we send salutations and peace to Imam Hussein We say That's the same word Fena. When you go to visit a person, for example, you are going to visit a very important person like a king and you want to enter into his court, into his main hall in his palace, the entrance to that hall has a place that you put your feet on that place and enter. That is called Fena. So we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that my craving has come down like when you put your step on that place to enter. My craving has alighted in the courtyard of your Jude, which is generosity. So, imagine that Allah's generosity is like the court, the hall of the king where he receives his guests. And now you have put your step on that entrance. It means that you have entered. Then we say, Now that I have come here and my hope has reached this close place to you, Please actualize my hope, my expectation from you. And please end or seal my work with good. This is very important. As you know, we have lots of emphasis on ending with good. We always ask Allah. Allahumma ja'al abaqiba umurina khayra or khawatima amali as we have in some ziyarat 
because what would be of maximum importance is the way we die is the way we finish our life is the way we are going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if someone is bad but changes to good and compensates that is good inshallah Allah will forgive the beginning of his or her life but if na'udhu billah we are good but then we end with being bad then that's a problem it's always important to make sure that you don't end with bad condition if someone is not happy with you and you please him and he leaves you while he is pleased that is good but if someone meets you while he's pleased and then he leaves you what he is not pleased he's angry with you that is bad so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala please help us by ending our action with good very beautiful we had the term buhbuha in some of the earlier uh, whispered prayers and place me among your selected your chosen friends those whom you have set down in the midst of your garden buhbuha in the middle in the center of your garden not in the borders we explained this concept before because if you are in the border then there is a chance that if you are not careful you may end up with being excluded you have to make sure that you are in the middle like a country those towns and villages which are near the border when there is a war there is a chance that they may be lost the enemies may occupy them quickly but those which are in the middle of the country would be the last to be lost because if that is lost then the whole country collapses we have to make sure that we are in the central position in heaven and this central is not uh, in conflict with being in the highest it can be central in one perspective you can call it also highest from another perspective so please include us among the chosen servants of you that you have made them settle in the middle in the midst in the central position of your heaven and you have settled them in the abode of your honor your generosity whose eyes you have gladdened by gazing upon you on the day of meeting you all people would meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ya ayyuhan insan 
يا أيها الإنسان إنك كادح إلى ربك كدحا فملاقيه أو من You are struggling towards your Lord and you will meet him Whether a person is good or bad, a believer or unbeliever They are all going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of resurrection But people have different conditions there are faces which are very happy, very joyful, very bright. They look at the face of the Lord. In the way that we explained before, what does face mean? It's not a physical face. But there are faces which are very sad, dusted. They don't feel alright to gaze upon the face of Allah. They have to bend their neck. They have to look down like a bad person, a criminal. When he meets people, when he meets the judge, the witnesses, the victim, he doesn't feel able to look at their faces. He tries to look down. But if you have done something good, you are happy and you look at them. So we want to be one of those people that Allah gives them this opportunity to gaze upon him on the day of meeting him. وَأَوْرَثْتَهُمْ مَنَازِلَ الصِّدْقِ فِي جَوَارِكِ And whom you have made inheritors to the sure stations, to the honest and truthful stations in his neighborhood. مَنَازِلَ الصِّدْقِ This is very beautiful. In the hereafter only honesty works we don't have any place for dishonesty there is no way that someone can cheat there is no way to be put in a place which is not for you you cannot claim anything that you really don't have only setq, only truth only honesty works those who are more truthful they would be closer to God who is himself truth and the true. He is Al-Haq. The truth is also the true. So, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be put among the chosen friends of him that have been given the provision Occupying those stations of honesty in his neighborhood. How beautiful it is to be neighbor of God. To be close to God. So close that you don't need to travel to reach him. You are already there close to him.
you are in the neighborhood in which all close friends of God live. Imagine if there is a district in town that all the prophets, all the holy people live together. How much you would love to settle in that neighborhood? This is inshallah going to happen in the hereafter in heaven. That's not a physical place so that you cannot have many people in one place. There is no conflict. There is no restriction there. Even if all humanity really, really wants, they all can be neighbor of God. It's not that like dunya. When you live in dunya, you cannot have endless number of neighbors. Some are close to you, some are far. But in the spiritual world, all can become neighbors of God. So, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to include us among the people who have this honor of being put in that area, which is very close to him, to become his neighbor. يا من لا يفد الوافدون على أكرم منه Oh the one that no one more generous than him has ever been approached He is the one that none more generous than whom is reached by the preachers when people travel to meet generous people people who are ready to help ready to offer they can never think of someone who is more generous than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you have Hatam Ta'i who was very well known for his generosity so generous that Sometimes people used to ask him for something, he gives them, then they go back again to him. And he realizes that they have been there already, but he never, you know, disappointed them. He used to give them again. Such person with all the great generosity that he had, so generous that even... Although he was not a believer, according to some hadith, he is not going to be punished. He may not go to heaven if he had no faith, but this doesn't mean that he has to go to hell. He may not be also sent to hell. He may be in a place like Araf, which is between hell and heaven. Why? Because although he was a mushrik, he was generous. But someone like Hatam Ta'i, with all the generosity that he had, compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is less than a drop of water compared to an ocean. Who has made his heart soft? Who has given him this generosity? Allah himself. So you cannot find anyone akram, anyone which is more generous, than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا يَجَدُ الْقَاسَدُونَ أَرْحَمَ مِنْ Those who 
are aiming at reaching a good person, they have this intention, they aim at reaching someone who can help them, they cannot find anyone more merciful than him, anyone who is more benevolent than him, and none more merciful than whom is found by the aimers. Ya khayra man khala bihi wahid. Oh, the best person that those who are lonely can spend their time with him. Wahid means the one who is alone. Khala bihi means to be with someone in private so Allah is the best of those with whom the lonely can spend their time without being disturbed by outsiders by others so when they are alone and they want to remain alone then who is the best person sometimes you have a very good friend you can be together and speak for hours, enjoy yourself. You don't feel lonely. At the same time, he is so close to you that you don't feel distracted. If other people come, you feel distracted. You lose your concentration. He is a person that doesn't damage your privacy. At the same time, you don't feel lonely. It's a very beautiful experience. He shares with you that privacy. So who is better than Allah? Ya khayra man khala bihi wahidun. Wa ya a'qafa man awa ilayhi waridun. Tarid is the one who is rejected. Like a person who has been sent into exile, like a person who has been a refugee, for example, he had to run away. So, if this person is looking for a shelter, for refuge, Either he's looking for a person to give him refuge or looking for a place that he can seek refuge. Where should he go? Is there any place better than Allah's court? Is there anyone better than Allah himself? Oh, tenderest of those with whom outcasts seek haman, seek refuge. Shelter towards the expanse of your pardon. Have I extended my hand? I stretched, extended, stretched my hand towards your inclusive pardon. When someone asks Allah for forgiveness, there is no limit for his forgiveness.
He forgives all the sins. He doesn't say, I have restriction. I can only forgive that many sins. Or these types of sins. Those who go to him honestly and repent honestly. Allah forgives all their sins. There is no limit for that. Of course, they have to do their best to restore the damages that they have caused, to compensate for those things that can be compensated. But forgiveness is there right away, if they are honest. Maybe it takes time to please people, to give them back their rights, to perform your, uh, for example, salat, which have been come gaza. But as soon as you are honestly Repenting, you are forgiven. And that is then on you to fulfill the remaining parts. And that is compensation. But he forgives you right away. When you regret, and you decide not to do it again, and ask him for forgiveness, you are forgiven, inshallah. There is no limit, no restriction. He doesn't ask you how many sins have you committed. What types of sins have you committed? He says, I can forgive you all the sins that you have committed. Kaf is your hand. The main part of our hand by which we grasp things, we hold things. We say, O oh Allah, upon the skirt of your generosity. Imagine a person who has a skirt, you know, like long shirt, like, you know, what they call deshtashe or, you know, long shirt, which is like a skirt. It's not only for women, you know, these long uh, Arabic shirts. So when you wanted in the past, you know, if someone wanted to please someone, they used to hold on the shirt of someone, especially the bottom of it, which is a very humble way of asking something. Upon the skirt of your generosity have I fastened my grasp. So please don't deprive me. Please do not give me this herman. Herman means deprivation. To be mahroom is to be deprived. وَلَا تُبْلِنِي بِالْخَيْبَةِ وَالْخُسْرَانِ Please afflict me not with disappointment and loss. يَا سَمِيعَ الدُّعَى O hearer of supplications, O the one who listens and answers to the supplications. Ya Arhamar Rahameen, O most merciful of the merciful. So, Alhamdulillah, we have finished this Munajat. Now, let us see what questions we've got. Question 1 There are some small du'as to be recited before performing Namaz Ashab. During these du'as, you have to look at the sky. What is the significance of looking at the sky? Yeah, 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that there are people who never forget to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَامًا وَقْعُودًا وَعَلَىٰ جُنُوبِهِمْ One of the qualities of these people is يَتَفَكَّرُونَ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ They think about the creation of the skies and the earth. And they say after thinking about them رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقْتَ هَذَا بَاطِلَةِ You have not created them in vain. So, one way of thinking about the skies and the earth is to look at sky when we look at the sky then we are automatically humbled and we are reminded of the greatness of their creation and for sure the greatness of their creator we shouldn't take anything for granted these stars are so significant so amazing that even one of them is enough to lead us towards their creator now imagine there are thousands or millions of these stars especially if we are familiar with these stars some of them are so far from us that light with the fastest speed that it has as far as we know can be traveling for years and years till it reach us how huge is this world and no one knows the end of this world and it seems that it is even expanding so this is the way to think and contemplate question to what is the position of a man if someone forces him sins through a spiritual action for example to stop him marry at all It is possible that sometimes people may do magic against someone, but I personally believe it is very rare. It is something that cannot happen all the time, and it is something which is not decisive. In my understanding, magic mostly works through your imagination. It's not real. A person who does magic against you brings bad thoughts to your mind, brings bad ideas to your mind. If you follow those bad ideas, then you become victim, you become their prey, and then you do what they want. For example, Allah says one of the things that the people who were learning magic were doing was they were separating husbands and wives how did they do that did they have really a power to force them no they were bringing bad ideas to their mind to make husband doesn't like his wife and the wife doesn't like her husband. If they were careful, if they were pious, if they were observing the requirements of taqwa, 
they would not have invested on those bad thoughts, suspicions. But unfortunately, many people do. So they become victims. Day by day, they develop bad ideas more and more about each other. And finally, they reach the point that they cannot live together. So if a person thinks that he has been um, targeted by magicians, first of all, must know that this is very rare, very unlikely. But even if that's the case, you have to be strong, be very rational, be wise, think rational people and act accordingly, give sadaqah and there are some du'as, some verses of the Quran that you can pray and recite in Mafatihul Janan it's mentioned and inshallah then you will overcome. Question 3. Thank you so much for your lovely lecture. You are welcome. May Allah reward you and keep you among the chosen one. Thank you, inshallah. Maybe we should say this for all, inshallah, our brothers and sisters. May Allah choose all of you among, inshallah, his close servants. Please explain to us Hadith Qursi. Is it the warnings given to us by Allah Himself? If so, then we have been given Quran and Hadith Qudsi by Allah with salams and Hadith Qudsi or what is sometimes translated divine saying is a Hadith a message which is given by Allah to his prophets but is not part of the book which was revealed to them so Allah gave, for example, Prophet Musa Torah. But sometimes Allah also spoke to Musa, gave him some messages. These are not part of Torah. This is called Hadith Qudsi. We have Hadith Qudsi, which was said to Dawood for example, to Musa to Isa to our Prophet. So these are not part of the books and still they are from God. Some scholars say that Hadith Qudsi normally is not involving the text. It's the meaning which was given to the Prophet and then it's put into words by that Prophet. Unlike the book at least about the Quran, it's 100% clear that the Quran comes from God in both meanings and words. Words are not chosen by Rasulullah. Even the words are chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, this is much, much more significant because this is the book that Allah has sent and He has chosen everything about it and He has preserved it and it's all authentic. But Hadith Qudsi is also important if we have it through reliable chains of narrators. Question 4. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam rahmatullah. Someone wants to know why do we do Lana Ziyara Ashura? Who are we do? The Lana also Ziyara Ashura was given to us by Allah and passed out to our Imams. Please explain us with salams. 
in Ziyarat Ashura, we have Salam, we offer our salutations, we ask Allah to send His Rahmah to Imam Hussein salam and those who helped him and supported him and also in Ziyarat Ashura there is La'na of course it's not mentioned who are receiving land apart from some people like Yazid or for example Ibn Marjana and this type of people the rest is in general whoever done has done zulm to Ahlul Bayt Allah knows better for sure Yazid did zulm who else Ibn Ziyad who is also known as Ibn Marjana did zulm because he was the one who did what he did he was in charge of the government of Kufa and he was the main commander in charge of the army of Yazid of course he didn't go himself to Kabbalah but he was in charge of that army so these are the people that have done great zulm the rest we just leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and la'an according to Quran means not to receive rahmah when someone doesn't receive rahmah from Allah it means that this is la'an so we ask Allah to send rahmah to good people and we say to Allah please don't send rahmah to bad people but is it because of us that Allah doesn't send Rahmah to them? Of course not. It's because of their own bad actions that Allah doesn't give them Rahmah. Whether we know or not, whether we ask or not, they have done so much bad things that they have deprived themselves from Allah's Rahmah. So when we say, Oh Allah, Please don't send Rahmah to them. It means that we are not requesting Rahmah for them. In other words, we are not trying to help them. We are not trying to associate ourselves with them. We want to distance ourselves from them. If there was a chance for such people to receive Rahmah, of course, we would have asked. But they have reached a level that to be connected to them it's dangerous for you. You cannot help them. You cannot save them. Imagine a person who wants to commit suicide. So he wants to get, a, for example, a wire which is naked, which is bare, and wants to kill himself by electricity. If you touch him and want to help him, you also get killed. Because unfortunately, this is the decision that he has made. If it was earlier, you could have helped him by changing his mind. But now that he is being killed, 
if you touch him you may also be killed so we want to distance ourselves this is the concept of bara the concept of land okay let us stop here our time is over thank you very much for your attention for your good questions may allah be with you may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah include all of you among his chosen servants and may allah inshallah include this humble servant of him also among his close servants may allah inshallah give shafa to all brothers and sisters who are ill may allah inshallah enrich all the people who are poor and may allah give security and safety to all the people who are living under fear وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين